Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Please make sure your seatbelt is securely fastened, your tray table is in an upright and locked position, and that you are ready to get weird and think different. Please prepare for takeoff. Howdy doody, folks. We are back with another episode of Destination Different, the show that sits down with creators, entrepreneurs, interesting, weird people who are exploring unconventional, untraditional, different, as the name suggests, lifestyles. Today's, we have a very special guest on the show, uh, a big, lanky, hunk of man, Standing in probably around, listed as 6'10", but I'll give him 6'8", on the depth chart. His name is John Kane Carney. He is a former Division I college basketball player. Shout out Boston College, who just knocked off the defending national champion, Virginia Cavaliers, last night. John was a Division I basketball player who has now, you know, in his adult life, moved on to a a much more creative pursuit, and so he has actually started his own uh, video and creative agency in the Philadelphia area. He's worked on projects for brands like Fenty Beauty, as well as done some amazing work in the nonprofit community in the Philadelphia area. Uh, we had a super interesting conversation. John is one of the more beautiful minds you'll ever hear from. So we talked about our own creativity and where we're at now and where we want to be in a year, five years, ten years. We talked about how our backgrounds in athletics have shaped us and also impacted um, our pursuit of creativity as we've gotten older. We talked about John's favorite movies. He's an absolutely huge movie buff. And we got three recommendations from John in the show of movies to watch. And they could not have been three of the most abstract, different, out-of-the-box movies that I that you could possibly put into it, one list. Uh, but that is exactly the kind of guy who John is, and I think is what made this such an interesting interview. So give it a listen. I hope you enjoy it. I'd love any feedback you've got on the show. We're trying to make this thing better and better each week. Uh, but for now, I'll step out of the way and give you John Kane Carney, who is the founder and partner at Drawl House Agency in Philadelphia. Give it a listen. Enjoy. John Kane Carney, welcome to Destination Different. We got you on today to talk about you not too long ago started your own advertising agency called Drawl House. So for the people who do not know, can you give a little 30-second teaser of what Drawl House is and what you guys do over there? Yeah, um, Drawl House is a creative agency started by four friends. We all went to high school together, grew up together. We primarily make video uh, and short films, music videos for our clients, but we also do photography and design. And 
is focused on getting in touch with clients' audiences and treating the subjects that the images are made with really well and really authentically. Okay. I didn't realize you guys all went to high school together. So how how long has this been like in the works? How long have you guys been in business? And then was this something you guys were like 16 and like, we want to start a video shop together? So we've been at LLC since uh, January 1st, 2018. Okay. But we were making... Draw House has certainly been a collective since probably like 2012, 2013. We started making videos 2014 uh, for a friend who wanted to be an actor. We started making Instagram web series. But Was that the Mingler? That was the Mingler, yeah. That was fantastic. <laughs> at, at Fun Problems on Instagram. Um, but we, we did not have any intention of becoming an agency. Mm-hmm. And so how did that how did that come to be then that you guys were like kind of just making videos it seemed like more for fun yeah and then who was who made the call of like oh we should actually do this real and make it a business yeah so um brian a friend brian who is like one of the partners he he started working for an agency like an independent agency and i think we saw all the things that they were doing and we saw the way that these like kids that didn't have super strict backgrounds in advertising or film necessarily. Some of them did, but a lot of them didn't. And just um, being able to get traction through believing in themselves and like leaning into the creativity that had been the foundation of their life for the first 22 years of their lives. So I think we saw what they were doing. And then we were all dissatisfied with, like I was working at a sneaker store. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen Keenan, my partners, they Keenan was working at agency, but we kind of all were like a little bit dissatisfied, so we just jumped in and we're like, well, let's let's do this for clients. Okay, so yeah. who is who is client number one that you guys like picked up and like did some some real work for? Do you remember? Yeah, I'll never forget you first. Well. Client number one is probably Philadelphia Youth Basketball, which is a nonprofit. But I think, like, the real client number one was um, Fenty Beauty, which mm-hmm. is a makeup company. And um, we've, we've, like, definitely benefited from extreme grace and that, like, for example, our uh, friend Asia works on the marketing team and she's the one who allowed us to pitch for that job so that was i would say that's like the real client number one and uh where we're like flying to la and like preparing for what we're about to do like on the fly and like completely learning on the job and so that was that was like the real oh shit like we had we just like we made a business account before this job because yeah like, we needed everything to be certified certified so that was the real client number one yeah okay so how the how did you like learn to do any of that stuff like it seems like a couple of the partners maybe had like some agency experience but like nobody really knows how to charge or how to pitch how did you go about learning that type of stuff Are you just making it up as you go we we are making we definitely started making it up as we go initially not necessarily how to pitch i feel like that's kind of innate to us because Mm -hmm. um 
we had to pitch when we were making the videos for ourselves we people would be pitching ideas to each other um like even going back to like lip syncing competitions we won in high school i feel like there's the the essence of pitching is yeah. in, is in that so i don't think we i make up that we don't make that up in terms of charging um initially we are completely making that up um and now i mean so like now we have a lot of experience not a lot we have we have a little bit of experience charging um with our rates like i work in freelance and film production so i have a good sense of what are my day rates what are uh, the other people on cruise day rates and i'm always like learning more about that and i'll mm-hmm. pick the brain of the owners of the production companies that i'll do freelance work for um and and this is something I like, I know you were, you were in the agency world too. So like, we're always ready to learn. Like, I guess that's like something I would just like stress throughout this whole thing is like, I, we're learning every day. Like I'm learning every day. So like, um, but like now, now is like, I'll think about the ROI of the company for like what they're about to get. Yeah. If that's like if that's like nothing because like they just want this for their small company then i have to take that into account when we're charging if that's like 20 million then like we can't be like yeah this costs twenty thousand. like right. we, we have to be like no you're about to get 20 million off of this this costs like a lot yeah we're gonna sit down and figure out how much this costs right like, how much is it worth to you yeah 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 so there's um between that and then knowing just getting out and like talking to people and then doing freelance work and knowing um, what day, like what common day rates are. So our prices are a lot more informed now. Gotcha. And so, you know, there's four, it sounds like there's four partners. Do you have anybody else who works for you guys? Um, The four of you for the most part. Yeah. So, so it's mostly three, it's three of us right now, like operating the company, making business decisions, like making those pitches and decks and stuff and then doing, a good amount of the production work. Brian is in Montgomery. He works for uh, Equal Justice Initiative, which is a nonprofit founded by his uncle. And you should go see Just Mercy on the 9th. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. That's a movie about EJI and about his uncle. So everyone should go see that on the 9th. But so it's three of us who like handle the operations. And then we have people that we will hire for mm-hmm different different jobs on set or um different like design design things so but that's like a huge change we're making in 2020 is um hiring way more freelancers so that the production value of everything we're doing goes way way up because before is like someone is um directing and uh uh, and like I'm shooting and s- someone's directing and then I'm saying, yo, can you move that C stand and that flag over here? Mm-hmm. And then they, they go do that and they forget like the note they wanted to tell to the actor or, yeah. um, or I'm trying to shoot, but I'm thinking about direction. And then like some element about the lighting is just like tanking right. in terms of quality. So like that's a huge need more, more manpower for that stuff. Yeah. And like learning how much things cost for us to like accept the job mm-hmm. is like a big part of that too. Cause 
Yeah. And so you so okay so it sounds like there's three of you guys kind of full time on there. So how have you divvied up? You know, do you guys divide the work, or is it kind of everybody attacks and and you try and just sort of figure it out that way? Like how how have you guys sort of separated? Like who does what within the company? Yeah, I think some of it is like a natural separation based on the skills we had going into it. Yeah. Um, and then some of it has been people speaking up about their preferences and then some of it we're still working on. Um, like I'll do a lot of the design stuff and a lot of the like photography, both with the still photos or motion picture. Um, Steve will do a lot, like more business stuff and then mm -hmm. um, directing. And then he'll also um, do a lot of like idea pitches that come from the same, that director's mind, Keenan. Yeah. Um, Keenan does like the majority of the editing. Uh -huh. He also does like uh, a lot of like the making of the contracts. Uh -huh. um, but we do, we do this thing called, we recently started doing this thing that Keenan brought to the table called like a level of effort, which is an internal contract mm -hmm. about um, what everyone's role is gonna be on this project and the, broken down into percentages that then relate to payout. And so we're still working on figuring out like what, what is a like, what is the person who's handling client management and making the contract for this project? What percentage does that automatically, like, is that yeah. sort of like automatic 5% in the level of effort? And then we go from there. Is it 2%? Is it 15%? Yeah. So, yep. We do it project to project basis. There's a there's one of us is a lead on every project we have, but we're still also still uh, figuring that out and grooming that. Yep. Yeah, that I'm sure takes some time. Uh, and being friends for so long, like, has that has that posed any problems? You know, sometimes people will say, "Oh, you don't, you know, you don't want to get into business with your best friends. It causes issues." Have you guys had any like speed bumps with with that type of thing? Or are you um, still best buds? I think we're still best buds. I think I, f I personally feel way closer to everyone. I think initially there was a lot to get over. Like I was, I was afraid to say, to speak my mind sometimes. And I was also very sensitive. So I was not um, necessarily comfortable hearing things. And then also, I wasn't comfortable trusting other people's like instincts. Like if someone was like, no, I have like this gut feeling to go this way. And it was different than what I thought was right. I wasn't comfortable trusting that. And I think letting go of a lot of that has like changed everything. Yeah. Um, so I don't know about speed bumps because I think starting a business is so hard. And I think that we're only, uh, you know, on our way still. Right, you're still in your in your infancy here. Like, it's still yeah. just so new. In so many ways. I mean, I think, like, all the contracts we have now is, like, the wave of work that will be, like, kind of like we're here, in a yeah. sense. Um, so you're coming out party? Yeah, yeah. But... But yeah, so it's hard to say speed bumps. I would say like there's been, there was just like so many conversations where it's just like you're speaking from your, your, your place of fear or a place of like patterns. And I think now 
uh, I think we've all grown so much. Like it's like it's like we it's like if you grow from having a relationship, like intimate relationship, it's like we've all had. So if we had an infinite intimate relationship, it's like double that. Like yeah. starting a business is double that. It's like you have one of those with your business partners. So I think we've gotten even closer. And do you think, you know, is it something that you're happy to have partners? Like I've I've been in the same boat where I'm, you know, kind of starting my own thing and I'm like, do I bring people in? Like my brothers help me out with some stuff, but yeah. for the most part it's kind of been like me just plugging along. Like do you think this is something that has been beneficial to have partners that kind of have like complementary skill sets? For me in doing this, a million percent yes. Yeah. Um, for so many different reasons, like, and like fairly, in, like simple reasons and then fairly intense reasons as well. Yeah. Um, you have to have like, well, we have to have multiple views on certain things because we make images and like we tell stories. So I might see, I might see color contrast and lighting as important. And then not be seeing that, um, like the comfort of the subject in the chair they're sitting in is important. And and Keenan might see that, and yeah. um, and Steve might see that. You know, we're not on the right block in the city for this to for this to be authentic or something mm-hmm. like that. So for what we do, it's so crucial. And then also. For like for me in the way I see the world, um, like I want to be part of positive change. So, in terms of the client getting process, um, the clients that we're able to kind of like authentically serve by being a minority-owned company, I get to like work on things and be part of things that I hope I still would or still will. Like if someday I am like on my own, but. I'm just grateful. Like when you have partners, you share their networks too. You share their outlook on life. So you get to like work on things that come out of that and then vice mm-hmm. versa. They get to work on things that come out of my network, my like background, et cetera. Um, how do you, like, how do you feel about that? Do you feel, is that something you're considering? Do you feel like you're. I think there's like, I'm at a point where one, I'm not I'm not making any money and I'm not like really pushing it as like a true business at this point. And so I I felt more like I I can control the voice. I can control the tone like creatively. It's kind of my brainchild. But there are definitely times where I would love to have, you know, even I worked I've worked on a few projects with like my brother and one buddy and working with them was fantastic because it wasn't just me working in isolation. I could bounce something off of them they're a little bit younger and they'd be like, no, nah, that's stupid. Oh, that's funny. And even just like creatively having somebody to yeah. redirect things is, is really helpful. So I, it's not something I'm like considering, but ha- even just bringing in people like on a project by project basis or like to execute one idea. And yeah. it's why I've loved doing the podcast too. Cause it's like, I'm now communicating with somebody else who has a totally different outlook and is kind of explaining how they approach their business. And yeah. so even that has been like therapeutic almost for me to be like, oh, I could do, I could do this differently because Vicky is doing it this, or I could do this differently because John's doing it this way. Like it's been uh-huh. helpful in that sense, just to talk to other people and get like a gut check of like, 
oh, that is a good idea, or oh, that's I should go yeah. about it this way. So in that sense, like that has been even beneficial to me, like just having some outside input. That's that's beautiful, and I I agree, and I think I think that's a way of life. Is and I think there's like there's it's like a spiritual passage. I think once you switch from I'm scared of this information because it could upset the way I see the world to like every day I spend some time seeking this outside information because I know that my perspective is limited. That's like a huge evolution that and I've witnessed that in like a lot of people I look up to. Yeah. In the out in the arena, as like uh, Brene Brown says, like those people who aren't afraid of any information because they're always trying to improve. Yep. Um, I think what you said is like that's like a dream I have of um, you have this company and then you can bring in independent artists on a project to project basis, like for for whatever, like you get your idea or you get your client and you get like the pitch and then you realize that like yeah like I could execute this and that maybe that would be awesome but like what if I know this independent artist who has a viewpoint that would be perfect for this I can bring them in under the umbrella of my company Mm -hmm. treat them like family treat them like partners like adequately compensate them and then we can be just producing this stuff that's curated like for what we're doing every time i think that's right. like an awesome dream yeah yeah and that like in a weird way even after having done like the show a little bit it's started to show itself more and more that i'm like okay five years down the road if i you know continue doing this on a weekly basis like already i'm like i've talked to a designer i've talked to multiple videographers i've talked to uh like a clothing designer i've talked yeah. to i've got like a musician that i'm going to talk to like okay creatively that's a pretty interesting spectrum right there already and so if it was like okay i've got this sweet project i want to make a music video i'm like okay i want to go to this videographer this designer is going to set up the look this person's going to outfit everybody in the video like and you're like oh i've already t- i've built like in a weird way you're like starting to build a network and like doing this show like a creative hub which has been you know i something that i didn't think about but now that i'm like Oh, okay. If I could, you know, if you continue to do this and you continue to seek these people out, I'm like, I know a lot of creative people across multiple disciplines. And yeah. It's like an interesting, like, long-term vision of kind of where I want want things to go. Yeah. The there's this book called Whiplash. I'm pretty sure by uh, Joey Ito, who was slash maybe still is the head of the MIT Media Lab, but he said like one of his things in it is that it's changed and is further changing from a push world to a pull world Mm -hmm. where we no longer push resources to one central location. We pull them to where they're needed. And like, that's kind of like, I'm hearing that in what you're saying, which is awesome. Like, yeah. yeah, you're meeting all these people. And then when the need arises, like we don't, we don't artificially create needs and then push like we, the need arises, you, right. you're going to make a music video and then you pull all this beautiful talent in. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. So it's, it's interesting in, in how that has sort of evolved for me. Um, I'm curious for you. So like that sort of is where my dream and my vision is. So for you, like in within draw house, where is the three, five, 10 year, 15 year, whatever it is like vision, like big picture, what do you want? 
your guys shop to be? You know, where do you see it, it going? Yeah, I think personally, I want to keep learning. I want to uh, shoot movies like feature films. Um, so that's like down the road where I want to go. I, but, but life is like, you know, steering me because like we we're kind of starting to have success. So it's steering me to it's like, or maybe like this agency thing is, a, is an awesome move. I think we would love to have like a, a bifurcated practice, which I think there's already models out there for this, but where we um, like service clients and then make original work. And I think, I think my partners want to get to the point where we can hire more and more people to service clients like yep. down the road. And then they can really focus on original work. Um, especially Steve, I think um, definitely wants to like write and direct like movies stories short short film stories um so that's 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 the simplest like vision i think like i think it would be so cool to to your point of pulling resources um to somehow develop the business structure that could withstand um financing your own your own feature film like we yeah. would love we would love like in five years to make something like with a studio like, i don't even know what that entails but like i just know we would love to do that but, yeah but, like so also to to finance your own film and because i don't think about it this way a ton but sometimes my mind does get there like um con like content i don't really like saying that but content is the thing of worth that like we have the potential to possess like the it's funny like on the budget there's all these prices for like day rates and equipment but like nothing occurs without the script and the brief yeah the idea no 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 freelancer comes to get paid that day no person sees something and is influenced or excited to participate in your brand's product without the idea so i guess like where a lot of people head towards and maybe we'll go towards is like producing original content that we sell yeah to studios um but also i guess like being like i think being like a shop that is like becomes known for and I think there's other people doing this but becomes known for being part of the wave of properly represented uh, people and imagery like properly researched mm -hmm. uh, briefs like like so that like the Kendall Jenner Pepsi thing just never happens right you know like I think that's also a goal, like um, being top of mind for for clients when they want to like do something the right way. Like when they're like, all right, we want to be part of this conversation. We want to shift our values or we want to signify to the people that these are our values and we want to do it the right way. And then being like, well, there's that agency draw house. That's, that's who we should go to. I think right. that's the goal. Yeah.
Okay. Yeah. I like that. And I always I always make people do this on the show. Okay. If there was a because I'm gonna well this I'll tell you my plan. It's it's okay. evil, but it's part of my plan. <laughs> so I want you to tell me your dream client that you guys could land for Drawl House. Cause I, I think that at some point I'm gonna have a guest on this show that's gonna say, I want this, this is my dream client and it's gonna manifest and it's gonna actually happen. And then I'm going to take a 10% cut of whoever gets their dream client first. But who is Drawl Houses or your personal dream client, project, brand, whatever it might be that you would – it sounds like you'd want to make a movie. But yeah. maybe aside from that, yeah. what's a dream client that you would want to work on? That's so hard to answer because when we first started, I feel like I would have like automatically said like Nike. Yeah. Um, and now knowing a tiny bit, I don't even want to say knowing more, knowing a tiny bit about like how stuff works and how like to stay in business, you have to work for the Nikes and the whoever's. But um, hmm, I think I think a dream client um, could could still be like an it could still be a Nike. Mm-hmm. It would be, but it would be like on my terms. Like like it would be like a Nike that get that we're like allowed to say something that we feel hasn't been said, which they do. I mean, they do yeah. that. Like, yeah, like I think I think it could still be like a Nike, like the widen commercials that are like insane, like with with Colin Kaepernick or yeah. like you know Williams, like those are amazing. Um, but I think like if we could do something like make a statement, like I have like beliefs, like I have beliefs about the way that we devalue as a culture the intelligence of the body and just the amazing capacity of athletes yeah that we devalue that and in a in a way to keep the status quo of you know all like the white collar jobs that all the privileged people are chasing so like it would be a nike if we could use that platform to make a statement about the inherent like divine intelligence of an athlete something like that um Otherwise, it might be like someone like um, someone like the Atlantic, like because yeah. because they will produce content that's like they exist to share ideas. They exist to further the conversation around everything that's happening. So like I've seen content of theirs that you're not directly trying to sell something because what they sell is a better conversation about what's going on. So yeah. a client like that would also be a dream client who is like, um, we work with them to make a statement to to make like improve to improve the conversation around yeah. what's going on. To ask to ask questions like why why do we see this the way we see it? Uh, why you want to you want to do something thought provoking, something that touches people. 
Yeah, and in like a real like why? Yeah, I mean, I was trying to think of like specific examples, but like why? Um, yeah, like why? And I don't know the answer to these things, but these are the things that I would want to ask about or talk about through our work. Like why? Why do we have an issue with removing Confederate statues? Or why? Stuff, stuff like that. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Okay. Um, I like, I like that. We can get, you, we'll get you Nike. <laughs> we'll get you Nike on your terms. Nike on our terms in the Atlantic, and all right. And yeah, we'll make, it, we'll, we'll make it happen. Put the show out. Somebody from Nike is gonna be listening. And be like, I'm gonna call up that guy John from Draw House. Word, word. I'm ready. I'm ready. We're ready. So where, where did the name Draw House come from? Okay, so uh, drawl is a colloquialism in Philadelphia. Uh, like, you're drawling, um, that's drawling. I think to define it, it means like, it kind of means like that's out of line. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if you enter a space, like, if you entered a, uh, a viewing at a, a memorial viewing and you were talking loudly, like, you, you would be drawling. Um, okay. But it can also be, it can also be kind of like a great thing. Like, like if someone, like when John ja Morant tried to dunk over Kevin Love, yep, like he was drawing. Like, <laughs> but like, so it can be. So it has this like, it has. It can this be multi- a good thing. Yeah, it has this multiplicity because it's like, because it's like anything that is like. <laughs> It's like out of like out of line, but then it gets even funnier when your natural when like the natural state of something is inherently out of line. Like John Morant's ability to jump that high is so beyond our understanding of like our own bodies that like we feel that he's like inherently drawing. Yeah. But he's really not. It's just him. But like so like that so it's just a hilarious like so you can you can draw by accident out of lack of awareness or you mm-hmm. can draw on purpose. Was John Morant drawing on purpose or on accident? <laughs> that's that's that, that, that's the mystery. That's the mystery. I don't know. I, I, I would say I would say there was a lot of purpose. There's there was a lot of intent behind. There was some intent behind that. Yeah. And then the house and um the spelling of D-R-A-U comes from the German art movement, Bauhaus. So it's a conflation of this Philadelphia colloquialism and this German art movement that changed um, the, the art world, the education world, the perception of form. So, uh, yeah, it's just a conflation of those two. So it's kind of like we're, you know, we, we, we think highly of ourselves. We're excited about the world and movements but we're also like we didn't go to art school like we're just a bunch of draw boxes we're just drawing just drawing at the same time so it's like yeah it's just a testament to that uh eternal tension i, lo- I love that i see you guys have on your website a video of people trying to pronounce draw house yeah but i think i think the next video you guys need is just a cut of you talking and then just put a john morant dunk over the top of it and that'll explain everything. Cause this was that was beautiful how you just explained that. I yeah. love the the meaning behind it. We, yeah, we always like that comes up a lot. Like, uh, how much do you explain stuff? Cause we're always like, oh, like no, like everything has to be channeled through subtleties. But then in in life and maybe in business, I'm learning more and more. Like, 
No, like you gotta. Sometimes you, know, you gotta hit people over the head with it. You gotta lay it out and like be like, "Do you hear me?" And because if because if if you're relying on subtleties, then like you're gonna miss out. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> you go trying to flirt with the same girl for three years and she has no idea. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> That's just my friend John. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh man, no, yeah, we we've we've I think we've gotten past that. I uh I'm comfortable pulling up intentionally now, but yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So I'll I'll wrap up. I just got a, f- a few more questions for you. I know we've we've talked a little hoop on this on this show, and I am curious because you know you guys have. It sounds like client number one was Philadelphia basketball. You know, yeah. there's some some inspiration from the the hoop world. How has sort of athletics and growing up playing basketball, for those who don't know, John was a Division One basketball player at Boston College. Uh, he's six foot. What, how tall are you? Six seven. In he's a, court. a big boy. Six seven. I thought you were listed as like six ten. You know what I mean? The appearance. <laughs> anyways, anyways, he plays like he's seven two. Uh, but. So I'm curious because I, for me, athletics, I think, has now like prepped me for like the business world in a sense that you're always competing. You're always sort of pushing yourself. How has basketball influenced the way that you approach or have approached starting this business? Um, yeah, it's influenced it a, a ton. The, the understanding of um, teamwork, for one, is like a pretty basic um, and then I think the, the need for daily rituals towards all of your goals is another that I, I lean on heavily. Like you have practice at this time, you go to get up your jumpers or work on your footwork if you're playing soccer or whatever. And then, um, so I think something I literally do is I'm like, all right, if, if this shoot is the game, what is practice, what is team meeting, what is watching film, and what is strength and conditioning for, to get you to that, to get, to get me to that, so, um, yeah, so, like, strength and conditioning might be reading textbooks about cinematography, um, team meeting is probably still a team meeting, like, watching film is probably watching all types of things, other you know, other commercials, other movies, what, what have you. Um, I think the, I think the biggest thing I take from sports is like all the lessons that I had that I learned through sports that I wish I had learned before, like before college to have a a more, you know, productive career and be a better team player. I think I think about that more, um, what I learned from sports. So like, um you you can't you can't look to the bench uh-huh. like like you're you're gonna get like you're gonna get su- like when you're playing you're gonna get subbed out when your coach wants you to or when you want when someone's better suited to do it like once you're out on your own like you're gonna get subbed out by something that's out of your control yeah um like if the client says no if you know whatever that is so it's just like just like learning like never to look at the bench um is like a is like a lesson or uh a a huge one is like working without 
looking at the outcome. Uh-huh. Um, faith. Faith is a huge one from sports. Like sports requires so much faith. Yeah. To to trust your teammates going to be where they need to be. To trust that like you can put together what you need to to defeat this other team that hates you. Um, so I would say more so sports is like the lessons I got from sports are at play every day. Um, yeah. If that, yeah. Okay, I like that. My I'm I'm curious as well for you if you feel this way, because growing up, I feel like my creativity was maybe, maybe not stifled, but as like a good athlete growing up, I was so sports focused, sports focused, like even through college, I didn't spend a ton of time like committing myself to my creativity. And like now that I'm, you know, washed up and not like running around playing sports all the time, I'm like the creativity side of things is like really evolved. Yeah. But growing up, I was like, everybody, you know, I'm good at sports. I was like, okay, I'm going to play sports, 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 sports. Did you find that at all that you like didn't like blossom creative creatively until you sort of had some time to like open up your mind? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think that's still happening. I think I always felt the tension between the two during that time because I knew I was already interested creatively, but I wanted so badly to get belonging and worth and success in athletics that yeah. I look quieted it and then now um it's like you get so specialized focusing on like becoming that d1 athlete and then trying to be successful there you get so specialized so focused and then i'm just now in the confidence and getting like the respect also for these other crafts of like you can approach in the same way right like, like you don't have to be scared you're not an outsider you don't have to like fuck around and like you can like you went to all those practices like go go to that workshop that's being offered at like the community college or something um and then a, another big thing where that plays in is like um letting go of like whatever identities like for example i didn't i didn't hang out with like film production kids at school or like right. studio art kids and like maybe here and there but like I wasn't part of those groups so like now I'll go I'll go to places that are like communities around what I'm interested in and mm -hmm. like I'll feel kind of like an outsider but just like letting go of that and and being like no like you know we speak the same language like I, I we we're both into this like I'm here like yeah I'm like you know tall as shit and like still look like I played sports but like I'm Dude, also, and, like, letting go a lot of, like, the, like, bullshit, like, toxic culture, too. Yeah. Like, um, has been, have you found that, too? Like, that, like, letting, like, I don't know, your team was pretty, you guys seem pretty, like, open-minded and cool. Yeah, I think we, like, we had a good group, and even, you know, playing, you know, playing growing up, I felt like everybody was fairly open and, you know, accepting of, of people, but there's always, like, you know, internal competition and, and guys that don't like each other and you know you always get that type of stuff so I've definitely found now like especially exploring these creative communities and like working in advertising and doing my own sort of creative thing on the side everybody's so accepting and like so positive and wanting everyone to win or you know get better yeah. like it's it's incredible where like I'll have somebody, you know, I, I invite whoever to be on the show and they're rooting for me just as hard as I'm rooting for them. Like it's yeah. it's sort of like, a, you know, 
what is it all 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 tides raise something ships something 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 a rising tide raises all ships that's what we're looking yeah for. yeah like that transition from and I, this probably isn't present on like the best teams but like that transition from like oh like they're gonna take my playing time and then like you're out doing whatever you do say like you meet a photographer and like they're they're really successful really great at what they do and and like the transition from like comparing yourself to them and like being worried like oh they already have all these clients they're already like know so much to being like uplifting them and being like you did it so i can do it or like what can i learn from you or like as simple as your work's amazing and right. like, like transitioning to that like out of that competitive mindset you said is really great yeah it's been it's that transition like has been unbelievable from like the athletic world to where it's so much yes you're competing against other teams but in a sense you're competing for time you're like you're battling with guys in practice like there's always you've got a coach that's sort of you know orchestrating things and has has his or her own way of doing things like and now it's like on the creative side you sort of set the path that you want to go on and you and like you said it's kind of that push-pull thing again where it's like you pull in people that you want to you want to learn from or grow from yeah and for the most part everybody's like happy and willing to help which has been a pleasant surprise to me at least yeah. Yeah, that and it, I it does make me wonder if like what is sports like if you view the world that way while you're in sports. It like does, learning what I've learned now, I wish I could go back. Right, like yeah, if you have that sense of like centeredness, that sense of like I can say no to this to this path because it really doesn't resonate with my values. Like what is what is sports like if you have that head on your shoulders? I don't know, but yeah, but it, I think we both would have won the ACC if that was the case. <laughs> if, yeah, remember, dude, that's the one thing that all of this does make me think about is coaching. Yeah, like I think like the mixture of like playing sports and then starting a business does make me think about coaching. And I know you were talking about the other day how you coached a little bit. Yeah. Cause like be like when you're a coach, like being able to set that path and set that energy from from where you stand, and then you know who picks it up, picks it up or whatever. But like being able to do that is really special. Yeah, it is. It is an interesting kind of mixture of of the two of starting a business and sports and bringing that like mindset of like moving people and setting the tone for how you how you want things to go. Yeah. And trying to create an environment where other people can be successful. Mm-hmm. And, and then also, like, being... And I learned that is not easy. No, not at all. Or knowing when to, like, be like, oh, shit, like, my teammate is really good at creating that environment. So let me just take a step back and just, like, be successful, like, be... Play my role because cause I realized that they're pretty good at setting that tone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, like let me that. know if you uh let me know if you if you have more internal thoughts about whether or not like a developing a team is the right way for you because I'm interested in too in like what what it's like to be the sole creative mind. Yeah, it's been like liberating in some sense, like coming from the advertising world where so much of it is, you know, hierarchy of 
yeah. creative decisions. And, you know, I got to pitch something to somebody else who then is taking my idea and pitching it to the creative director, who yeah. is then taking the idea and pitching it to the client, who is then taking it to the CMO. And it's like, holy shit, this is going through a million different channels yeah. before it even sees any sort of light of day. Whereas yeah. now I'm like, I want to post this. I want to write this. I want to make this. I want to shoot this show. I want to talk. Like, I can just make those decisions and n- nobody's stopping me from doing that. So yeah. it's, it has its, it has its positives and its negatives, but yeah, I'm still thinking about like, what is the best way to, to bring in, you know, external partners, output, yeah. all those type of things. Like that's a struggle that is, that is constant. Yeah. That's so, it's so cool to hear about it from that it's really meaningful to you, like on that decision basis and like the process basis, not necessarily like your ideas, like, oh, this is the, this is the line I want in the script. And like, I don't have any partners, so I don't get any pushback, but it's like, you're, you're not really thinking that way. You're more like, this is awesome because I can get things out there so much faster. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword, but it's something that I'm continuously fighting with. Yeah. Well, let me know how it goes. I'm a, I'll, I'll, I'll keep you tuned in on what's going on in this, this big old brain of mine up here. <laughs> Please. All right, so I'll wrap up. I'll wrap up. I got one final question because I know you're a big movie guy. I talked to you, whatever, a week ago, and you had seen like eight movies in one weekend. I think you just sat in the theater all weekend. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm going to ask you to close out the show. What would be your three must-watch recommendations it can be all-time movies that you would want people to see particularly if they are you know what we'll just keep it at that your top three movie recommendations top three movie recommendations um i'll start with uh just mercy i was i was lucky to see it uh at the philadelphia film festival a few months ago it comes out in all cities on the 9th so i'll start with just mercy um I would say um, a French movie called La N. Excuse me if I'm not pronouncing that right. It's like The Hate, but La N, L-A space H-A-I-N-E. And then um, I only get three. You only get three. (laughs) Um, And then I got to go with a movie called Turtles Can Fly. It's a Iranian Kurdish movie. Okay. Director Bahman Gobadi. Yeah, those those would be so. I, what Lion, uh, Turtles Can Fly, and Just Mercy are. There's there's like some some three A's and three B's, but those, those are, are those are good enough. Yeah. Those are the top three. Okay, yeah. I can promise you. I can promise you that nobody that is listening to this show has ever seen any of those movies. Uh, I bet, I bet someone's seen Lion. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna check out this Turtles Can Fly. I'm curious about that one. That yeah, that's a incredible. That was the movie. Well, that was like one of the movies where I was like, wow, I want to be part of this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How old were you when you watched that? I actually watched it at Boston College. Really? Okay. Yeah. With uh, Professor Berger. Yeah. Middle Eastern cinema. Huh. 
Yeah. You've got a beautiful mind, my friend. So we will wrap the show there. That is a wrap on this week's episode of Destination Dif- Different. Destination so Different. Thank you so much for having me. John Kane Carney, thank you. You were a absolute treat. All right. Well, uh, I'll, I'll talk to you off the government radars uh, later this week. That's it. That's all on this week's episode of Destination Different. Thank you, thank you, thank you to John Kane, Carney, JCC, as he's more affectionately known, for coming on the show today. What they're doing down there at Draw House is super interesting. And just listen to him talk about storytelling and creativity and the level of detail and thinking that, that they put into their work. I can only imagine that that they're going to be on to big things. Thank you again, as I always do, to you guys for listening, tuning in. I feel like a broken record. I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here in in my outros of all these episodes. But I truly do appreciate everybody who sits in and listens to these shows. Uh, I think in future episodes, maybe I got to mix it up a little bit. Stop thanking you guys and maybe come up with something a little more entertaining to open and close the shows but for now you just get me blabbering into the microphone thinking that it probably makes sense to once again put a plug out for any suggestions for guests to have on the show not that my rolodex is running thin at any by any stretch but it's always nice to have people who maybe aren't directly in my inner circle on the show so if you have anybody that comes to mind who is living a different unique lifestyle and you think wouldn't mind chatting to a somewhat charming somewhat invasive gentleman for 30 to 45 minutes on a on a webcast i would certainly appreciate it other than that i once again give you my thanks and thank you for tuning in We will be back again next Wednesday with another new episode of Destination Different. As always, make sure. I don't know why I'm talking this slow. Stay weird. Your love song, baby